Good evening, Kairos. We are so glad that you are here tonight. We haven't gotten the chance to meet. My name is Lindsay Jacoby. I'm one of the interns here on staff at Kairos. And as you can see, Chris is not here. Um, he has started Thanksgiving break with his family, and so he is out traveling. And so I am so grateful for the opportunity to be able to open up God's word with you tonight and to gather around his table with you um, this evening. So it is Thanksgiving week. I don't know if there are any like defenders of Thanksgiving, like no Christmas until after Thursday. Raise your hand proudly. I see it. Yep, that's okay. I'm the same way. Um, Thanksgiving's super late this year, so I'm having a really hard time. I want to I wanna start with the Christmas music already. Whichever, whichever camp you're in, that's okay. This is a safe place. You're all welcome here. Um, but regardless of what your plans look like for this week, I would venture to guess that it is going to involve a table and it is going to involve a lot of food. Um, in our family, Thanksgiving was always at lunchtime, and so we ate all the food we possibly could, thinking we won't be able to eat anything else for the rest of the day, and then lo and behold, by the time dinner rolled around, we found room for leftovers, so it's a win-win. Um, but regardless, there is a table, and there is food to be enjoyed. And I say that knowing that there are probably many of you in here who, when we start talking about Thanksgiving and Christmas and the holidays and family gatherings and traditions, you may not be filled with warm, fuzzy feelings and fond memories and excitement and thankfulness. You may not be eager to start naming out all the things you are thankful for this year. There might be something hanging or lingering in the background as you come to the table this year. Tonight, we are going to come to a different table together. It's a simple table with a simple meal. But it is going to remind us that this is the true and most satisfactory meal that we will ever partake in together. And so tonight, whether you are coming out of a season that you are not incredibly grateful for, we just walked through a series called Seasons of the Soul where Chris reminded us what it was to be in the midst of winter. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're in a season where you say, I'm ready to say goodbye to this. This table is for you tonight. Maybe when you think about the holidays and Thanksgiving and you dread that trip home, you are dreading extended time with your family because there are broken relationships and there is tension. Maybe there will be somebody missing from that table this year. This table is for you. Maybe you thought things were going to look a lot different by now. Maybe you expected to have a table of your own and a family of your own to fill all of the chairs and things haven't gone that way. This table is for you. Regardless of your circumstances, regardless of the baggage that you brought in here tonight, or the baggage that you might carry home with you in a few days, this table is for you. And so we welcome you here tonight. I would love to read our text for us. It's gonna anchor us as we come to the table tonight. It can be found in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 26. We're going to be reading verses 26 through 29. This is Jesus sharing a final meal 
in the upper room with his disciples. It is in his last days, and he is soon to be going to the cross. And so we jump in now in the upper room with his disciples. Before we read, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear? Jesus, would you go before us in this text and make a way? Together we say, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Matthew chapter 26, I'll begin reading in verse 26. Now as they were eating, Jesus took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body. And he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. I'll say the word of the Lord if you'll say thanks be to God. This is the word of the Lord. So as I mentioned, this text drops us down in the midst of the last few days of Jesus' life on earth and his ministry on earth, and he is soon to be betrayed. At the end of this night, Judas is going to hand him over and he's going to be arrested. He is going to make his way to the cross, he is going to be killed, and he is going to be put in a grave. But Jesus knows all of this is coming. It will not catch him off guard. And so for the last few hours that he has, he chooses to spend it with his family, his chosen family, his disciples, and he wants to share a Passover meal with them. And so he tells them exactly where to go. He tells them how to prepare it. And they uh, have a space up in a top floor of this room that he has found. And they gather together. And so I want to take the time tonight as we are reminded of this text, we're reminded as Jesus gathered with his disciples, as he instituted this meal that we are going to partake in in just a minute. I want us to remember why it is we do this. I want to remind us why we come back to this table again and again and again. If you have been around Kairos for very long, you know this is a pretty consistent pattern for us. We carve out time and space regularly to do this and to partake in this rhythm. If this is not a regular rhythm for you or not one that you partake in frequently, that's okay. We all need a reminder. Anytime we create a habit or a pattern, we need to remember why we do it. We need to be reminded of what this table means for us. What's so special about it? I think there are many special things about this table, but tonight I just want to talk about three. I want to talk about three simple but significant realities that we experience when we come to this table together. So first and foremost, we see that this is a table of rest. If we were to jump back a few verses from where I picked up reading, we would see the picture of the scene that we are dropped into, and it would have been Jesus and his disciples reclining at the table. So they would not have likely been sitting up in chairs at a table, all formal like we are used to. They would have been sitting on the ground. They probably would have been around a low table, like a coffee table or something low to the ground. Maybe they were sitting on pillows. They would have been leaning back, maybe propped up on one arm. It would have been 
unrushed. It would have been intimate. They would have been gathered in close. They could rest easy at this table. This is a table that you can cease striving. It's a table that you can come and you can take a deep breath. This isn't a rushed meal. There's nowhere to be just yet. It's a table where you can lay down your arms, take a pause. It's a table where you have nothing that is worth bringing. So you don't have to bring something ahead of time. You don't have to prove your worth for being there. You don't have to accomplish something when you get there. Jesus has already accomplished the work for you to be at this table. He's already made the space for you. And so as we come to this table, we hear the echoes of another invitation from Jesus in Matthew 11 when he said, come to me. All of you who are weary and worn out and tired and exhausted and frustrated, come to me and I will give you rest. The rest is found because we're near to him. And at this table, we find nearness to Jesus. It's a table of rest. And so I ask you tonight, what do you need rest from? What do you need to cease trying to do for the Lord? What do you need to cease trying to prove yourself or prop yourself up just to say, I deserve to be at this table? What might the Lord want to help you lay down at his feet tonight? What do you need rest from at the table? Not only is it a table of rest, but it is a table of remembrance. Jesus says that in the text, as we eat and as we drink, he tells them to do it in remembrance of them. When he establishes this pattern, and we see this throughout scripture, he says, every time you do this, do it in remembrance of me. When you eat it and when you drink, Remember my sacrifice for you. Now, the disciples don't quite yet know the weight of what they're going to need to remember. But they're about to be fully aware of the sacrifice that he wants them to remember. Not only is he calling them to remember in the act of doing it, but this was a Passover meal. As we're told, as Jesus is celebrating Passover as was custom every year for the Jews, that's why they have gathered in Jerusalem. If we go back to Exodus chapter 12, we remember why the Passover feast was implemented for God's people. They had been enslaved in Egypt, and God was going to rescue them out of bondage in Egypt. And so the way that he did that was he instructed his people to sacrifice a lamb and to put the blood of that lamb over the doorpost of their house, and the plague of death would pass over their house. So he was able to get them out of Egypt. He led them through the desert. He would eventually lead them into the promised land. And he didn't want them to forget. We have really short memories. So did the Israelites. And so five days out, five years out, and 500 years out, God wanted to make sure that the people did not forget that he alone was the one that rescued them. And so Passover was implemented. So every year there was a regular 
and repetitive remembrance of what God had done. So too, we come to this table as an act of remembrance of what God has done. Not just the rescue of his people out of bondage, but our rescue from sin and shame that has bound us up so tightly. We come to this table as an act of tangible remembrance. It's not a, a far-off theory. When scripture talks about remembrance, it's a rich and an active remembrance. It's not just think about something that happened in the past, call it to mind. When scripture calls us to remember, it's call to mind what has happened in the past so you can live into that reality now. And so when we come to the Lord's table, it is a way to taste and see and touch that remembrance. I forget so easily what God has done and who he is. And so it helps me to pick up this bread and drink from this cup to actively remember what is true. This table is a table of remembrance. So my question for you is what do you need to remember tonight about God? What do you need to remember about his character? What do you need to remember about what he has done for you? What do you need to call to mind so you can live into that reality in the present? And after you've remembered who God is and what he has done, what do you need to remember is also true about yourself? This is a table of remembrance. And finally, this is a table of renewal. We see in the text as Jesus talks about his body and his blood, his blood is poured out for the forgiveness of sins. We remember so that we can walk forward in the newness of life. His shed body and his shed blood is for the forgiveness of our sins, so I don't have to be bound up by sin and shame, but I can walk freely. I can know what it is to be unbound because of his death. I have new life. It's a table of renewal. Hear me say, that feels impossible sometimes. If you're in a season, maybe it was winter, maybe you're in a season where there doesn't seem to be a lot of new. And you can't imagine a reality where God has something new and good for you. Part of the renewal that happens at this table is that you don't come alone. This isn't a table for one, this is a family table. And so when my faith is lacking, I need to come to the table with someone whose faith is strong. That's part of how the Lord renews us in the family of God. Because we don't live in isolation, we don't live and exist in a vacuum. This table is a family table. And so whatever you need to be renewed in tonight, you don't come alone. You come with a family. So my question for you is, what needs to be made new in you? What needs to be left in the past? What needs to be repented of? And what new does God have in store for you? 
the table of renewal and the good news of the gospel of Jesus and this tradition of coming to the Lord's table that there is a seat for you. It is a place that we come and we remember his faithfulness to rescue and redeem us. We rest assured that the work was already accomplished on our behalf. We remember that he has done the work for us because his body was broken and his blood was shed. This table is for you. If you are a follower of Christ, this table is for you. We welcome you. If you are still considering the claims of Christ and are unsure, we would consider it the greatest honor in a minute when we all come forward. We would love to pray for you. If you are ready to commit your life to Christ, to follow him, I can't think of a better first act of faith than this. This table is for you. This is a table of rest. It is a table of remembrance. And it is a table of renewal because of the person and the work of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Boggs is going to come now and give us some instructions and walk us through the liturgy as we come to the table tonight. It's not good when they mute you twice before you talk. Oh, absolutely perfect word. Thank you, Jacoby. Rest, remember, and renew. Um, my name's Michael. I'm going to uh, help walk us through our liturgy tonight and also give us some instructions for communion. Uh, but if you will, turn your attention to the screens. We'll each have a part to read during this liturgy. Bless the Lord who forgives all of our sins. His mercy endures forever. Almighty God, unto whom all hearts are open, all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you, worthily magnify your holy name, through Christ our Lord, amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor.
let us pray together. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your name. Amen. On the night he was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread, and when he had given thanks to you, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. And after supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Therefore, we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ has risen, and Christ will come again. The gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. So how this is going to work, um, if you uh, have never taken communion with us before, um, is a, a special way that we like to do it. Um, when, you, when you come forward, if you would, just hold your hands um, like this uh, in a posture of receiving. And we will take uh, a wafer, we'll place it in your hand. And uh, we usually like to say something in exchange as well. So the the server will say something like the body of Christ uh, or the bread of life to you. And we would like for you to speak back to us as well. Say, I will love and be loved. And then someone will hand you the cup and you'll dip the wafer in uh, and then you'll eat it. And um, somebody will say to you the cup of salvation or the blood of Christ. And you will say back, I will love and be loved. So um, we like to do, uh, like to have the bleachers come first because you guys are so quiet. Shout out to both sides who dropped something earlier in the service today. It's awesome. Um, but it's always so quiet. Hey, and that's the way it is at the table. My house is, is noisy and chaos at a table. Um, and that's just the way it is. So we're glad that you're here. Um, and we would love for the bleachers to come forward um, first. Um, Also, we have hand sanitizer back there, four tables up here and a couple back there. Um, And if it's helpful for you, um, we have some gluten-free wafers uh, as well as some sealed cups of juice if that helps you participate tonight. Um, If if you are in a season of open rebellion against God or a season of running or hiding, uh, I want to encourage you to just stay where you're at. Um, and use this time to talk honestly to the Lord. Um, If you do want to come forward, we just ask you to come forward and place your hands like this, and that will be a signal for us to be able to pray for you. It's an honor for us to do that. 
and we would love that if you would allow it. So again, we're grateful that you're here, grateful for this, this moment that we get a chance to share together. We want Matt and Nathan uh, on the worship team to come forward first, and we'll serve them so you guys can uh, see how this is demoed out.